Have your weekend breakfast with Gooks and Shungu. Let's walk the talk. It's 15 minutes after 8 o'clock. We are talking about the deliciousness that is a gota, which is actually great because in parenting today, we're talking about the importance of meals and the the, the importance of meal times um, in uh, your child's routine um, and also uh, how you can create memories with food. And to talk about this, we're joined on the line by our parenting expert and human potential expert, Nikki Bush. And of course, we take your calls on 011-883-0702. Nikki, good morning. As always, good to have you on the show. Nikki? Good morning. Yes, there you are. So, yes, so this morning we're talking Sorry, about was a... <laughs> meal times. There were, there were two conversations going on in my ear. Okay, sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> so we're talking yes. about meals and the importance of why your kids need some kind of routine around meals, um, how to make meal times more engaging because, I mean, I'm even guilty of this. Often I'll be eating something while scrolling through TikTok or Instagram. Um, and so, you know, why is mealtime or how can mealtime be very important time for you and your kids? Yes, so good morning to you and to all of our listeners. And when we're talking about eating and food with our kids, our kids need to learn what hungry and thirsty feels like. Mm-hmm. They need to know how to respond to those signals so that their needs are met. And they need to learn how to use food in a healthy way to take care of themselves. And that involves, as you say, taking time to eat and eating regularly. And if you think about it, when we have little ones, when they're babies, there is no impulse control at all. A baby cries and a baby must be picked up and fed. And so we move from that situation into toddlerhood and then they grow up and they need to learn how to self-regulate. They need to learn when it's time to sleep, when it's time to eat, when it's time to play, when it's time to go to the toilet. They need to learn to read their body's needs. And one of the ways we do that is that we include food and mealtimes in the routine. And you and I have spoken about routine before and how important it is for children. And one of the the benefits of a routine is that your children understand the order of the day. So they wake up, they go to the toilet, they wash their hands, they wash their faces, put on their sun cream, they get dressed. And what happens next? You go and eat breakfast. And the same happens um, at school, they have break time because food is actually fuel. It's the fuel for what happened in the day, and it's the fuel not for their, not just for their bodies, but for their brains and learning too. So then they have a break time because they need additional fuel at school for what comes after break time. Then there's lunch. Then in the middle of, of the afternoon, they should eat something, and then, of course, they come home, And there's an order of things that happens when they come home. Mm. And ultimately, at some point in the evening, they're going to eat supper. So these things are triggers. You know, the routine is a trigger for for, for what comes next. But Googs, I am finding that many, many children, and this is what parents tell me, my child will not eat unless I put a screen on 
like I give them my cell phone or I put the iPad on. And this is starting from a very, very early age. Mm -hmm. From the time a child can sit in a high chair through to then primary school children and high school children, that the trigger for eating is actually not the, the hunger. It's not the expectation of food. It's a screen. Yes. And I mean, there is this kind of joke or meme about many of us spending all this time trying to find something to queue up on Netflix or Showmax or Amazon Prime before we start eating. That even with adults, there seems to be, I have to find the right thing to watch, then I can eat. And is that about, I mean, what would be causing that? Why can't, well, we're seeing children, but seemingly adults as well, unable to do this. I mean, we have to eat. We kind of depend on it to live. But without this external, um, this external stimulus of the television or the laptop or the iPad, what seems to be happening there, particularly with children? Why can't mm. they just, you know, eat? Because, well, it's, it's, it's lunchtime or dinner time, and they're hungry. Yeah, because we've allowed ourselves to be rewired. And so that signal, as you very rightly said, is coming from an external source. So we actually have to start um, providing our children with a media diet, not just a good diet physically, but a media diet too. And the one thing that uh, I will say, um, you know, with great confidence is that you need to create memories around meals, family memories. And the TV should not be on when you're eating a meal, unless it's the odd occasion. You know, maybe it's Friday movie night, for example, or Sunday movie night. But if you can make mealtime sacrosanct, this is the time when we connect as human beings. This may be, if you are a working parent, one of the very few times that you have face-to-face time with your children. In fact, I I spoke to an audience of parents at Anglo-American on Monday, and I was doing my parenting on the run presentation. And it's not about creating lots of extra time with your kids, but using times like mealtimes constructively to listen to what happened during the day, to talk about food, to share. And my son, when he was in matric, um, said to us, and matrics are very tough year because half the year they're studying for exams. That's tough. And I remember during prelims, he said, this is the time of the day I look forward to the most because I get to be with all of you. Mm. And so the trigger was partly food, but very much around family relationships and communication. So what are you doing to create those kinds of moments around food? Because these are things, interestingly, that your children will remember forever. And my youngest, when he was about 14, we were sitting at the dinner table, and he said to my husband, he said, Dad, remember, flap your wings and fly. And I felt like a stranger in this conversation because I didn't know what he was talking about. This Mm -hmm. was some game that I didn't know about. And he said, I said, what are you talking about? He said, mom, you know, when we were little and he was about two or three when they were doing this, my husband used to make almond fruit shakes for breakfast for the family. Mm -hmm. And he said, mom, it wasn't just about 
the food. He said, Dad used to make us stand on the floor. And so I would, the three-year-old and a, and a seven-year-old. And he used to make us flap our, our arms, to flap your wings. And then he used to pick us up under our armpits. And he used to fly us around the kitchen. And then he used to land us on the kitchen counter next to the magic mix. And only then were we allowed to press the button. Now, you have teenagers who remember that food memory that was created with their dad. Now, isn't that awesome? Mm. Healthy food with an emotional connection. And a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the importance of being present with your kids and that it's not always about, you know, for many of us, when we think of quality time, we think it's about quantity. So if I spend Mm. a day, a week, a weekend, that counts as quality time. And you were saying, actually, it's about quite literally the quality of the time. If you as a parent are able to be engaged and present, that's the kind of thing your kids will remember. And it sounds as if, Meal times can also be that kind of thing where maybe you don't have a lot of time in the day. Maybe it is, you know, kind of an hour in the evening that you get to sit down together. But it can be quality time if you are fully present and engaged with your kids. You're so right. And, and, the, and presence, emotional presence and physical presence is an art. And it's something you have to practice. And you have to learn how to be all in for those five minutes or those 10 minutes because they count. And I think many parents think that food prep is wasted time. Eating is wasted time because we have this strange idea that quality time with our children is three hours straight, three hours doing something fun. Well, here is the secret. Most of the time we spend with our children is is, is doing ordinary stuff, not doing exciting stuff. It's about doing the chores, doing the shopping, being in the car together, uh, doing the cooking, eating, browsing your children. So how are you going to convert some of that time into quality time? So we have to be fun to be with while we, were, we are doing the mundane activities of life because this is actually where we teach our kids Values. It, this is where we teach them how to honor their bodies, honor their hunger, honor their thirst, honor their need to sleep. It is an education process, and we do it all on the run. And then, Gogs, we need to talk about, um, you know, what real food tastes like, because kids actually don't understand what real food is oftentimes today because there's so much pre-prepared food. So please get your kids into the kitchen helping you to chop and slice as soon as they're old enough. And that means that really from the age of four or five, if you say having baby marrows, courgettes with your supper, um, that's a soft food and they can use a blunt knife to cut things up with you. And as they get older, they can learn to cut different things, uh, great stuff, uh, chop stuff, stir the pot, um, taste it while it's cooking. Obviously, everything under supervision. Mm. If they're involved with the food preparation, and to go back to the example of my husband with the Maggi mix, if they're involved with the food preparation, they are much more invested in the eating And this is important because children tend to be quite fussy today 
because we have allowed them to be fussy because they're not involved in the food prep. They're watching television. They're not honoring the hunger pangs. They are distracted from their pain by something else. And then they go into complete overdrive because they are so hungry and so thirsty that they're emotionally overwrought. And then they get really, really fussy. Now, this is very different to a child who has a sensory issue around food, like they don't like slimy food or they don't like crunchy food. That's a totally different issue. Mm-hmm. And then probably as we wrap up, just say that if you have had a history of food issues yourself, uh, whether it's anorexia, bulimia, you need to see a therapist to work out how you're not going to pass on those fears to your children. It's important because that is quite hardwired in your physiology and your psychology. And you need to have a plan on how you are going to deal with your children because it's very easy to pass food angst on to your children. So if our listeners want to tap into that screen time issue, you can visit nickybush.com, go to free stuff, and you can download my face-to-face family time audit and just take a minute or two just to whiz through those questions and see how much real face-to-face time you have with your children. And the first thing you can do to remedy that is to turn food time, whether it's food prep or whether it is eating together, into your quality family time. One of the things you mentioned is the importance of having kids in the kitchen, certainly as you're preparing, um, because it is kind of this important quality time. It also sounds as if it would also be really great for kids to know their way around the kitchen, know what is safe, what is not. Um, because often I think there is, you know, the kitchen can be quite scary. And a lot of the times kids are told, don't touch this, don't touch that, which is very important. But kind of, I think having them in the kitchen could also empower kids to know, oh, this is a safe thing that I can do here. In addition to avoiding this particular thing that might not be safe. And this all revolves around conversation. So it's about quality time. So when you're cooking with children, you incidentally talk about how you don't have the pot handle sticking out. You have it turned aside so that you don't knock it. You talk about heat. You talk about boiling water. You let them help, but you do this continuous conversation about what's safe, what's not, how to stand, how to stir, how to hold, how to cut. You are passing on life skills that are going to build your child's confidence in themselves and your confidence in them. This is a process of osmosis. And I'll pick up this conversation again on Parenting Matters, my Facebook page, if our listeners would like to join. Nikki, as always, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Such a pleasure. Have a great morning. You too. That's human potential and parenting expert Nikki Bush talking to us about how meal times can be quite a useful tool uh, for creating and maintaining quality time in your family that takes us to 29 minutes before nine o'clock coming up in the second half of the show we'll be speaking to multi-award-winning dancer and choreographer gregory mccormer he's just been awarded the art fluence champion award and so we'll speak to him about that we'll talk small business and the impact that load shedding has had on small business over the last couple of months